Welcome to the IBJJF podcast, the official podcast of the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport, as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hello everyone, my name is Danny and my guest today is 2022 lightweight world champion Fionn Davis. Fionn, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. So you had an amazing run at the Worlds this year, winning your first world title. I know you were really emotional after after you came off the podium, but now that you've had a couple of days to kind of digest the result and, and sit with it, how are you feeling a few days removed from the Worlds? Um, I feel quite content. Uh, I feel like for a long time I was so worried um, but I wouldn't be able to win worlds and um, it was like the biggest goal I've had in jiu-jitsu for obvious reasons it's such a uh, tough tournament um, so I feel like now a lot of pressure is off me especially as like I'm in my late 20s and um, you know I do want to open a school and, and focus more on teaching eventually and I was just sort of worried that it would be something that wouldn't happen for me so I feel like now I'm a lot more content I feel a lot happier i don't know i feel like i put so much pressure on it that it was really like eating at me so i feel a lot better now yeah you've won a lot of other really big tournaments you won you even won the open class at the europeans as a black belt also won brazilian nationals how does the world's kind of compare to some of the other big titles that you've won in jiu-jitsu um so like when i won europeans double gold it was like that was sort of a point where i was like okay this is where i hopefully now things are going to start to go well for me in terms of like I'd had a good run the year before that and I just felt a lot better in terms of like being in the lightweight weight division I felt a lot stronger there um so I was hoping that after after the double goals I was going to like be a good like upward trajectory in terms of going to the world championships that year and then COVID happened um and that really <laughs> put a dampener <laughs> on things and and kept me out of competing for a long time um so in terms of that like i was just grateful to be there to be honest because i didn't know if i'd be able to get back to competing at one point you know because of how bad things were and then just how bad my mental state was even when things started to open back up like i missed out on worlds at uh 2020 uh 2021 in december um because i was just like i could have gotten there like i'd have to do the quarantine in like mexico and stuff there were ways of get me getting there though but i was just so miserable that I was like there's no point in me going I'm just gonna go and feel awful and I'm not gonna perform at all so um, I'm just really grateful that I managed to get my head back I don't know straight <laughs> um, relatively straight uh, to, be, <laughs> to be back competing where I felt felt like myself again Another really cool fact about your title was that you became the first ever British world champion. And that's, I think that's a really cool thing. It really shows the growth of jiu-jitsu and how it's developing not just in the U.S. and in Brazil, but all over the world. Can you talk about what that accomplishment means to you? Um, yeah, it's pretty insane. Like, when I made finals, I was, like, so happy because I was like, I know, that, I know this has never been done before. Um, I mean, the only, there's only been a few people to even podium at Black Belt Worlds. Um, all women, uh, Vanessa English and Sam Cook, myself. Uh, there might be more now that I've forgotten, but those are the main three women from the UK. And I knew that that was like as far as we'd gotten. 
so I was like when I broke through to the finals I was like shit this is <laughs> this is pretty cool um not been done before and then and then I was like okay like refocus thinking about trying to win now <laughs> not just be like happy with getting to the final um and yeah it, it's really cool I feel like there's so many amazing people coming through in the UK scene um and I think this will just help like you know you someone to look to to be like okay it's been done so now there's a pathway there so it's, it's obviously it can be done uh, whereas before it was just like you just you look at that list of people of the champions and it's just brazil flag brazil flag maybe one or two little american flags in there but um <laughs> no uk flags and definitely no welsh flags uh, so it's like it's really cool i'm gonna put it in my bio on instagram we're like this <laughs> everyone's like yeah plug it plug it i was like okay i'll plug that <laughs> When you were coming up and, and watching the Worlds and watching the Black Belts, were there any competitors that you looked up to, any non-Brazilians um, or any other competitors from different parts of the world that, that really inspired you and made you kind of set this out as a goal to be the first British world champion? Um, I mean, loads of people inspired me. Uh, I can't really, I wouldn't say like anyone in particular like who's like done it from other countries because there's so many you know great people. But um, like a big inspiration for me throughout my jiu-jitsu was uh, Luisa Montero. Uh, also lightweight division uh, because I don't know she's just very like I like the way she holds herself um, she's very kind I mean she messaged like she kicked my ass before when I first came, became a black belt and uh, and she sent me like a really nice DM after like encouraging me and being like really lovely so that meant a lot because I loved her style and her jiu-jitsu anyway but then she was also like a very kind like she holds herself like a champion in like every aspect of life so I really appreciated that and then there's tons of women who I look up to Adolfo Vieira is not a woman, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved his, like, his passing is what got me into loving jiu-jitsu. I used to watch his highlights on YouTube all the time. Um, so his style, like I've, I've tried to emulate as much as I can in terms of passing throughout. Um, and then like a big inspiration for me this weekend was Isaac, Isaac Doidline, who you're going to interview later. Um, because uh, he's one of those people who, same kind of similar to me, like, obviously he's amazing but like he wouldn't maybe get the results that he deserved and he'd like miss out here and there on on getting to the final or like a winning worlds um and he's not like that person who like wins all the time and everyone's like oh like boring if he's already done it a million times you know um so i that was really like inspiring to see that him finally get that win but like he obviously deserves massively so um that was really cool just to see in general uh yeah so I wanted to take a step back and talk about your preparation for the Worlds because I know you your preparation was a little bit different for this tournament than for prior tournaments. You posted that you trained with JT Torres at Essential Jiu-Jitsu in New York. Can you talk about what it was like training at Essential Jiu-Jitsu preparing for the Worlds? It was really cool. It was really nice to go into a new environment. Like uh, Originally, when I went out to train in New York, I didn't know where I was going to train. I knew I was going to go around to each gym and just see how how I meshed with, in each place. Um, and then there's also things that like I couldn't go to certain gyms because of like, you know, Worlds is coming up and people are in your division, so you don't want to go and interrupt their training. Um, so I kind of went there like, okay, I'm just going to go and see what happens um, because I recently left my old team. So I was just sort of like, I'm currently a nomad. I, I don't have a team. Um, so I'm just going to see how this goes and, and hope for the best. And then I started going up there to train and I, I really enjoyed it. And like a really big part of it was uh, how positive everyone was and how much they just sort of just invested in believing in me and, and wanting to help me. Um, and like, you know, without even me being like, I'm going to represent your team, they were just like, oh, they wanted to help me anyway. Like they just be like, you know, just 
JT would stay after class and just I could ask him questions and, and same with anyone there um, and it was just something I really appreciated and and so then I was like well I want to represent here and, and train here and yeah it really helps um, keep me positive throughout the preparation like I said before like I, I've struggled with mindset a lot um, and my mental health so it was it was a good place to be in terms of, of getting ready and especially as I had a not so great experience recently like leaving a team um, it was just it was just refreshing to be honest and uh, I'm really excited for the future of being there can you talk about JT as a coach? I feel like he has a style that's actually pretty similar to yours. He has great takedowns, a great top game, really good pressure, good movement on top. Also has a really good guard too. But did that kind of help with your preparation as with JT having a, a pretty similar style to yourself? Yeah, definitely. Like I've been a fan of his jiu-jitsu for ages. So uh, it, that was really cool. And like I love like head for what was passing. That's his bread and butter. So that was perfect. I got tips on how to make mine, <laughs> mine a lot better. So that was cool. Obviously, the technical advice was great. And then just like, you know, like the, the team pep talks at the end and at the beginning of class, things like that were just like really motivating. And obviously, he's achieved so much in his career. And now leading up to ADCC, he's already won it twice and he's coming for a third time. So for me, I've not won it once. <laughs> so I can watch and see how he trains and, and get inspired by that to hopefully lead me to the same kind of success. That's amazing. So I'd love to go through your matches at the Worlds. I believe you had four matches to take gold. Yeah. Um, in the first round, you faced Kristen Mickelson from Brazil 021. who's a great black belt. She had some really great results in the lower belts as well. Can you talk about that first match? Yeah, so um, I knew she had a, like, a really technical guard. So like my whole sort of plan for Worlds was to, I was going to play top, um, but depending who it was, you know. Uh, and for that match, I was just going to go for like a quick blitz at the start, and which is what I did. I went, um, I, I think I tried to double pull and then came up for the advantage, just so you have something there uh, to give you more confidence as you try to pass. You know, sometimes if you, like the way, like the whole mindset for each match would be to score first, because um, JT was saying that a lot in the gym, like score first, uh, score, be the first one to score is going to be the first one to, to win. First one to win the match, and the only one to win the match. Um, <laughs> so, like, be the first to score, and that's you're going to be the one who's going to win then. Um, so, I just went in really aggressive with that sort of mindset of I have nothing to lose here. I've never won world, so might as well just go for it. And if I get if I get battered, then it's <laughs> it's like well, there's been no change. I've never won it anyway. Um, so for that match, yeah, like, I just went heavy on the passing. I stacked past uh, quite a lot. Um, she had a really good retention recovery, um, and then I passed. What happened then? I don't know. Oh, did I take it back? Yeah, I took it back. I got the choke. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Your second match was, I believe, the quarterfinal against Victoria Victoria Vieira from GF Team. Really good competitor. I believe she got second at the Brazilian Nationals this year. Can you yeah. walk me through that match? Yeah. So uh, I'd fought her before uh, at an AJP event, and um, I, I was able to to get good position quite early. Um, so I knew she'd be coming in like very aggressive because I know she's very good. Um, and she came in very aggressive at the start. I pulled um, and then she came in heavy on the passing. I was able to recover and then I pulled into close guard. Um, and then from there I did a bump sweep. Learn your fundamentals, lad, sorry. <laughs> I did a hip bump sweep, which is funny. Um, but then I think she hurt her knee uh, after I, I bumped sweep to, to mount and then I think maybe her knee went at a weird angle so there was a bit of a pause there um, until she recovered and then from there I took the back and got a bow and arrow like my tattoo <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, that was a great match. And then that, that got you into the semifinal against Margot Ciccarelli from Uni Jiu-Jitsu, another amazing competitor. I believe she's gotten second at PANS. She's made the podium at, at a lot of major tournaments. How was your semifinal match? Yeah, that was tough because I, I kind of knew like, she has a very good lapel game. So I was kind of anticipating that because the last time we fought, I was I got the double I um I passed like pretty quickly in the match um, off the double pull. So um, I did think, okay, this time she's probably going to slow me down with pals and um, I have to be ready for that because that sort of game I find quite frustrating because I like to just go go go. So when that that, that really slow you down a lot. So and I like to be like able to move around because obviously passing is my my best sort of aspect. So um, she was able to wrap me up in lapels for a while, but. Uh, I can't remember what even happens. I think I pa- oh yeah, I eventually passed, um, and then I took the back, and I think I lost the back at the end before getting the submission. But then it was just sort of, I was up uh, seven points then. Yeah. So I, it was only like a last minute, and then I was in close guard, playing about me. <laughs> and then that win got you into the final against Jan- Janaina Maya, who actually beat Natalie Hibero in the semis to get mm-hmm. to to get to the final match, which was a great win for her. Talk about that match. I know you went through a little bit of adversity. She had you in a really tight knee bar. Can you talk about the whole match and then how that knee bar felt? How how it affected you throughout the remainder of the match? Yeah, so I was able to score like the two early, and then she has like a she has plays like a lapel lasso game again lapels. Just for anyone who wants to beat me up, lapels are a great way to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going no you now. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so then she was tying me up in lapels a lot. She was good at clothes guard. I was able to deal with a clothes guard. And then I was sort of like trying to unravel lapels. That's so, so definitely something I want to go over. And then she got me in a knee bar like pretty early on. Um, but I was up the two and I was like, I am absolutely not tapping. <laughs> I was like, no. Um, and like, she had a really good angle on it, but like, I was able to escape. I tried to kick through and come up on like um, a leg drag off it, but I didn't get the leg drag. So uh, that was tight. It was definitely tight, but I, my knee's actually fine. I'm surprised. I, I was kind of, everyone was like, oh, that's going to hurt tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, definitely must be the adrenaline. But I think I got super lucky in terms of the angle that it was more of a stretch than like, obviously, if she, if I hadn't gotten out of that control, like, it would have been on a lot more painful but I think I got lucky in terms of the angle um, because I was definitely thinking while she was doing it this hurts and I'm gonna be sore tomorrow <laughs> so um, yeah I, was, I got quite lucky in terms of escaping that and then yeah and then the rest of the match I was trying to pass she had the lapels uh, tied up as a knots <laughs> uh, and then yeah I wasn't able to pass which is disappointing I always want to try and uh, get this finish but um, yeah, at the end, like JT was like, "Be conservative." <laughs> I was like, "Don't do stupid things," because I have such a tendency to get worried about, um, if I, oh my god, am I stalling? Am I being boring? Um, and then doing something stupid and then losing. So I was like, "Hey, like this is Will's final. Maybe, maybe don't do a cartwheel or something stupid." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's amazing. You had such an awesome campaign, such a great run at the Worlds, and to become the first British world, world champion is such a huge accomplishment, so congrats again on that. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and you've talked a couple times about, about mindset and some of the struggles you've had, and I know mindset is a really important factor for elite competitors. Can you talk about some of the things that you were able to do to, to kind of overcome some of those struggles and just give maybe some pieces of advice to people who may be going through something similar? Um, go to therapy. Uh- <laughs> number one uh, <laughs> I'm serious <laughs> perhaps take medication if you want I don't but um, but yeah like obviously I think for a lot of athletes going to therapy is probably 
I, I no, it's definitely something that I think people should do more and is maybe not really talked about so much. Um, and also for a lot of it, it is it, it's expensive to paying for it. So um, a lot of people can't even afford it, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, like I, I like that was a more recent thing I started doing. Um, but in terms of like after COVID, I think just sort of a lot. It took time to sort of enjoy competing again. Like I would go to tournaments and I was like, I kind of hate this. <laughs> like I never felt like that before. It was jiu-jitsu. Like I always looked forward to competing. It was always like my favorite part of of jiu-jitsu. You know, the training is the best. Um, I just love competing. I love that, like, going out there and trying to perform and um, that adrenaline rush that you get from it. But I wasn't feeling that at all for the longest time. Um, when I went out last year to Nogi Worlds and I did Who's Number One, it was, like, that weird, like... I just, like, waiting for it to be taken away again, you know, because of the situation that happened. So um, that was, like, hard to overcome, sort of, like, will I ever enjoy this again or am I always going to sort of feel miserable as I did it? But then... Um, when I competed at Worlds, I was like, I've never felt happier to be here, you know? So I was, I was like, I've never been happier doing this. I've never loved it more. Um, and I don't think anyone loves it as much as me. You know, like, you know, I'm not sure that's not true, but you kind of think that way to sort of get yourself in that good mindset. So um, I was just so happy doing it. I was so happy to be there. And I really did feel like no matter the result, like I am just really happy with how I performed and, and how I felt during it that I like really genuinely loved being there. So that was like a, such a nice change because I was kind of like going through the motions and just hoping that that feeling would come back. And now it, it actually has, it's, it's such a relief. And I know a lot of people probably can relate to that. I know I talked to a lot of friends who were like, I just like can't, I just like don't enjoy things I used to enjoy. And I was like, that's probably because you're a little bit depressed. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling to, to finally love it fully again and all of my training leading up to you i was like god i was like enjoy this so much i love this like lifestyle and it, it really just made me think like okay this, the pressure is off here because i just i'm enjoying what i'm doing rather than just being solely focused on the result so yeah like it took a while i think a lot, a lot of it is just time to come out of that that feeling you have to just wait it out a lot of the time um but yeah i think a lot of athletes should definitely go to therapy <laughs> That's great advice, and I'm really happy that you got to a place where you were enjoying it and wanting to be on the mat at the Worlds, and I think that really showed in your performance and contributed to the fact that you won the gold. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Is there anyone you want to thank or anyone you want to shout out uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, my new team, uh, JT and Essential Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, thank you for, for having me, <laughs> for letting me represent. Um, and then my, my sponsors, Progress Jiu-Jitsu, uh, who support me to be able to even do this as a career. Um, and they have very cool geese, so go buy them. <laughs> uh, and Improve Grappling, who do my FTC training as well. Um, and just all my friends, family, all of them, they're great. I'll probably forget someone now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and we'll see you guys soon for another interview. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show.